one day when I was still a lawyer, uh, it was 2 a.m. I was deciding whether I should go home or whether I should, you know, stay and just finish this point. And it occurred to me, like, what the hell? Zitian is the co-founder of Intellex, which provides intelligent and intuitive knowledge management solutions in the legal domain. He is a member of the Singapore Committee for Future Economy, Law and Accounting Workgroup, as well as Business China. Zitian was formerly with the Singapore Prime Minister's Office, where he oversaw the establishment and the execution of the venture capital investment schemes under the National Framework for Innovation and Enterprise. He was named twice as one of the 100 leaders of tomorrow at the St. Gallen Symposium and once as a Dragon 100 young leader. In his free time, he also runs his own podcast about Chinese history and tech startups. Hi everyone, welcome back to Quest Ventures podcast and video. And today I'm here with Zitian. You're the co-founder of Intellex. Tell us more about yourself. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, hi everyone, uh, my name is Zitian. Uh, I'm the co-founder of Intellex. We are a knowledge company, um, specifically in the legal and regulatory space. Tell us more about your founding story, because I'm sure most of the young entrepreneurs out there are curious to find out. This is a story I repeated 1,000 times, and <laughs> I really don't mind repeating it again, because I even after today, um, seven years after we started part-time, uh, I still find, find it amazing that you know we're still uh, along this journey. So, um, I don't know, on my own background, I, I, I'm trained as a lawyer. Uh, I was called to the bar about 10 years ago. Um, thereafter, I had the opportunity to join the National Research Foundation uh, under the PM's office, uh, where I was involved in the venture capital investments and startup-related policy uh, back then. So that, that was my entry into the startup space. So you're kind of like in our positions back then? Well, I think I think so. I think so. Yeah, because back yes. then, I think it was really very early days. Uh, there was no such thing as a VC associate. There were not that many VC funds mm. anyway. Yeah, so, so that, that was where I was. Uh, and my co-founder, uh, we are family friends. Uh, she was in the States. She was an engineer by training and she was actually very quite active in the startup space uh, there. And she returned mm-hmm. and I said, okay, actually, um, why don't we do something on the side? I see. And how did the experience from National Research Foundation help you in your entrepreneurship journey? Well, I, I think it was, this was um, uh, what I think Clayton Christensen called the, the tangential opportunity. Uh, if you ask me 10 years ago, I would never expect myself to be in the tech space uh, or be in the startup space. Uh, I was thinking of becoming a lawyer or be in traditional business. Though I've always wanted to become an entrepreneur. Um, that opportunity into NRF uh, was was timely, uh, unexpected, and definitely not calculated. Uh. So that was in the very early days of the Southeast Asia startup ecosystem. Hmm. Uh, I was I had the opportunity to meet meet the Carousel founders when there's still three men. Uh, I was part of the team that did the first investment into Ninja Van, the first uh, ticket. Uh, that was also when we NRF used to do direct investments into startups and also to be a limited partner in various VC funds that are actually quite established players today. Mm. But 11 years ago, uh, many of the VCs uh, actually maybe just arrived in Singapore or they just started out in their VC um, work. So, so that was a learning opportunity for me uh, as, as a young person. And I'm slept. But speaking of your investment journey and your investment experience, did it make the fundraising process of Intellects much simpler? Uh, yes, yes and no. I think uh, fundraising is always a, a difficult thing. Uh, because why would people want to give you money, right? <laughs> uh, but having the, the benefit of uh, seeing it from the side for a couple of years before I jump in uh, to do it myself, I think I was mentally... Or prepared. I would say prepared. I would say uh, I went on the 
intellectually, I've been through it a few rounds. So when it happens to me uh, to be able to execute it myself, I think, okay, uh, there were certain parameters which I perhaps a bit more familiar with. Mm. And some sort of expectations and things that you could like mentally prepare yourself and also in terms of like paperwork as well. Uh, the paperwork part was, was was very okay for me uh, because of my legal oh, background. Oh yes, right. And, and, and I was actually the person driving it uh, when I was in the NRM. So the terms do not overwhelm me. Uh, the paperwork also doesn't overwhelm me. Like, so for, fortunately, yeah. I see, wow, so many startup founders will wish to to breeze through this process as easily as you do because it can be really overwhelming for other founders also. I would say I breezed through it. Like, <laughs> I, I, I would say, uh, I, I would say I, I, I had a free tuition class Yeah, as, as, as part of my work Yeah, uh, and I'm very thankful for that. I see. All right. And I, I understand that you're also quite involved in uh, Business China and you have quite extensive knowledge of Chinese history uh, out of your own passion and suicide interest, right? Uh, did that kind of uh, have any part to play in your legal or entrepreneurship journey or was it completely just for passion? Uh, I think I think when we approach, you know, so I find it interesting, you know, when you approach uh, this, this question, uh, you come from the point of view of there are actually two segments. Mm. There's work and then there's a side uh, personal interest. Yeah. I, I think this has a lot got to do with our education. Yeah. Uh, things are a bit more fragmentized. Yeah. yeah. Uh, clearer. But I think, realistically, everything is actually one body. And it's integrated, right? It's integrated, it's interdependent. Yeah, so um, I would say, I would say a lot of what uh, I read and what I think, you know, uh, as literature uh, from Silicon Valley about startups mm. sounds theoretically correct sometimes, but when, 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 we, when we look at the ecosystem that we are in, mm. uh, I don't think so. Because I think uh, humans are creatures of habit, mm. uh, creatures of our own upbringing, and that absolutely has got a lot to do with uh, culture mm. and what we see, feel, and touch uh, every day. Mm. Not, not as though, you know, a foreign concept can be you know, supplanted. Correct. Yeah. And did the culture that you grew up in kind of promote or suppress this entrepreneurial spirit? Because besides you, there are a couple of other founders who came from very le- uh, from legal backgrounds as well. But I would say more so from business schools or even art school. <laughs> so what do you think, how, how did the culture that you grew up in or the environment that you grew up in uh, lead or suppress this journey? Uh, I think I always wanted to be an entrepreneur so I guess uh, my upbringing wasn't mm. to suppress that but I didn't come from a family of uh, business people okay. I, I didn't come from a family, family of business people but I always wanted uh, quite amazed uh, by how the Chinese did business yeah and so I, I was I was more attuned to that and I've always wanted to uh, strike it out on my own I see yeah now, I want to move on to a topic besides you and into your team. So you mentioned really interestingly in one of your podcasts, right, that there are three roles and an effective team, the commander, the general, and the administrator. And how did that uh, reflect in your team dynamics and intellects? I would say when I recorded that podcast, uh, it was an afterthought. Uh, it, was mm-hmm. actually, it was actually because we were watching the team was watching something on Netflix called really? The King's War. Okay. You know, yeah, it was a uh, and um, actually this 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 drama has been around in China for probably I think seven eight years ago. Uh, I think it only became more available to people because it was on Netflix. Mm. So there's the English subtitles and stuff, mm. and because it was eighty plus episodes when it came out seven eight years ago, we didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the the team that uh, we have at Intellects, uh, the founding team members, yeah. uh, we we are more or less fairly attuned to Chinese stuff. So watching that gave us a lot of what I call, um, I would say, institutional 
knowledge to to talk about. Yeah. Because I think okay, I'm one we grew up together. Yeah. We grew up together, so the the family team, uh, my family friends, uh, some of them were my primary school classmates, uh, and that cultural dial- uh, element has always been with us, lah. Mm. And and the way we we speak is also as such. So when we talk, when 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 the show came about, it was a lot of mutual learning. Okay. Uh, okay. Through, through through the show and because so like every one episode, you know, we were like, hey, you can't say that, no. So that became very relevant. So did we have the idea of segmenting the roles before that? I, I doubt so. Mm. I, I doubt so. Um, but it was really an afterthought where we organize our thoughts and we see how Liu uh, Bang formed his team mm. because we unanimously agreed, uh, you know, in the team that Liu Bang is probably the best startup founder in, in history. And and okay, as a history buff, and we do know. Over the past three thousand years, um, there were only two non-elite Chinese emperors. Mm. Everyone else who founded the dynasty was part of the establishment or the elite yes. general family. Mm. Uh, they were from some royalty. They took over another royalty, but it was Liu Bang who started. He was he was an absolute nobody. He was not educated. He, he's he's semi-literate. But and and Liu Bang is uh, very frequently referenced in the China startups today. Okay. Very, very frequent, and 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 I think uh, I think I, I highlighted uh, some of these points uh, in, in my podcast as well, talking about how uh, the way Jack Ma uh, gives some narratives. Mm. There were a lot of signs of Liu Bang. A see. lot, lot of signs of Liu Bang when he said things like uh, how he made made his team of uh, I can't remember what's his name, uh, Zhou Tai and Guan Mingsheng. Guan Mingsheng, I can't remember his Chinese name. His COO, mm. uh, who was from GE. The way he described it mm. was really how Shi Ji wrote about Liu Bang when Liu Bang founded his empire, and then mm. they asked him, "Oh, what contributed to your to your to your victory?" And Liu Bang said, "Oh, you know, there are three people I owe my success to: mm. Han Xing, Xiao He, and Zhang Liang." And Jack Ma actually does a lot of that. Actually, I see a lot of that, and and and, and I think this is actually cultural DNA for for the mainland Chinese. They they grew up with it. They grew up with it, so um, making references to history. Uh, I, I I watched a documentary of Titi Chengwei, uh, the founder of Titi uh, Chengwei before, and the way China founders make reference to history is actually very invigorating. Mm. It's very energizing. So he said something like, um, "This is two point zero China startups." Uh, he said his own background. He was from Alibaba.、Mm. He said his team was from Tencent and Baidu. He says, "And for the past fifteen years, China has not lost." Wu Chang. But by drawing on that, he he made references to early two thousands. You know when eBay fought Alibaba, when Google fought, um Google fought oh uh Baidu. Um, I think every time we all have no reason to lose. So that 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 form of leadership is actually very Asian, but you don't see that in Silicon Valley literature, lah. And I think this is something in Southeast Asia, uh, you know, uh, tangentially or directly.、Mm. There's a lot of similarities as well, and you see a lot of gaps, right, from the energy and also the 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 mindset in China, the Chinese market,、mm. which everyone sees as quite a north star right now, right? In Southeast Asia, or is there quite a huge、uh, difference? To be honest, I, I'm not very plugged into the to the Chinese、uh, ecosystem.、Mm. Uh, I, I've not lived there、uh, to witness this、uh, startup space、yep. uh, close up. So I, but I've been to, I think twenty eighteen. I went to Wangjing in in Beijing, once, and I think I was quite blown away. 
uh, to me, that is really a mature and uh, premier startup ecosystem. Mm. Uh, I, I, I do not know how to describe that. Uh, the, the VC Talos, the old kind of Talos. The first time I was really a Talos. He made me on a Saturday, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, Sunday afternoon. And when I went to Wangjing on a Sunday afternoon, um, the whole Wangjing was bustling. It, it was, it, it's not, it's not a Sunday. It was not a Sunday. Engineers were walking around. The cafes were all filled. I went to the, the office of the VC fund. Uh, I was just probably meeting number six with another person. Mm. And, 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 I thought, and I thought that was uh, that was very, very refreshing. That was very, very refreshing. They live and breathe what they do and they are really very into it. Uh, I would say it's slightly different from what we understand to be the maker culture in, in the valley. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a point in time in the history where um, in China, well, what is my personal view, um, that it is in between uh, first world influence, uh, first world affluence mm. and uprise, um, the emerging developing uh, class. Mm. So it is the in between because if you are sufficiently affluent like Switzerland, like the valley, you will never do a Jiu Jiu There's no chance. People are sufficiently comfortable. Yep. People will do that. But now there are people who can be as rich as the folks in the valley, but there's also a huge chunk of the population who wants to be as rich and are willing to stake their lives yeah. for that future. Therefore, they will do Jiu Jiu So, when these people become rich, their children, you know, people, people slightly younger than them, yeah. will not be like that. I see. They, yeah. and, and that's what drives them for, and that is kind of reflected across the whole startup ecosystem that you observe there. Uh, no, I, I, I think... Uh, not only the energy, the desire to to, to grow rich, mm. uh, but also the 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 exchange of, of, of knowledge. Mm. A lot of returnees mm. who are globally exposed, mm. yeah, join the local startup ecosystem, mm-hmm. yeah, and and they bring with them, uh, of course, global expertise. But but in China, global expertise is probably regarded fifty percent. Mm. Uh, the other fifty percent they always call it localization. Yeah. So they always call it the, the high <laughs> way and and the and the two beer. And, and, and history has shown in the first part of the two, from 2000 to 2015, whenever there's a hybrid who wants to fight a 2 beer, 2 beer always wins. Mm. So it's not as though you come up with a Harvard MBA, you come up from Stanford, you're bound to win. Yeah. And chances are you, you lose because it's, it's about localization, it's about uh, China, China was always called Langxing, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and I think uh, that spirit uh, is very different. And I think that what distinguishes a professional from a from an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's go into your startup itself. So uh, I read somewhere that you said that one of the problems that you're trying to solve is that right now a lot of the lawyers are just used as research churning machines and a lot of like man hours are wasted on debt. And you found some sort of solution via SaaS and enterprise service mm-hmm. to to improve the efficiency of that and also the effectiveness of that. So was that a personal problem that you were trying to solve uh, based on your legal experience also? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I was actually trying to solve my own problem. <laughs> so, so one day when I was still a lawyer, uh, it was 2 a.m. I was deciding whether I should go home or whether I should you know, stay and just finish this point. And it occurred to me, like, what the hell? In my daily life, um, consumer internet I Google but when it comes to my B2B enterprise world the tools I'm using at, in office are Lotus Notes you know, if you guys ever heard of Lotus Notes so before Microsoft Word there's this thing called WordPerfect and before WordPerfect there's Lotus123 
、うん、We were using Lotus Notes.、Uh, that was something I, I, I last saw when I was in kindergarten. And I was sure, I was really sure on that. I've never heard of that though. <laughs> yeah, no worries. So、uh, there was an outlook.、Uh, yeah, it was Lotus Notes. So,、uh, and I do not know what, 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 what came to me. I actually、uh, went to what we call War Room. War Room is where we put a lot of documents. Okay. And I, and I, and I went to be Kisiao. I went to push down all the boxes for about a good five to ten minutes. And, but given that your background is more on the law side, right? How did you know what are the tech solutions to improve that? Or if not, how did you find the, the best people who can provide this tech solution?、Uh, I didn't. I, I honestly didn't know. So, so back to where I left off just now, I went to push down the boxes. And after 10 minutes, I sat down in my seat and I'm thinking, okay, there's got to be a better way, right? To do a search. So, I think、yes. that's where the, in, the, the start of the idea came about. And I think I was. I was a bit too influenced Chinese history again.、Uh, <laughs> I, I was too influenced by, by, by that.、Um, because I think the tech and product development space is slightly different.、Um, back then, I just thought the vision is there, the direction is there.、Mm. Uh, you figure out along the way. Okay. So if you ask me, do I know how to tech? I don't. Yeah, you, do I, you do I, can eventually find you know, your CTOs, to,、um, product uh, managers. Not really.、Uh, not, not really. I, I think that's the difficulty. The, event, the, the assumption that we eventually will be able to find、okay. is a question mark. I see. It's a question mark. And that's why in the valley, people have the attitude of engineers first. Because、mm. engineers always think, you business people do not know shit. Which is true. But the best teams come when you have your very business oriented person who can commercialize products and also your engineers who can develop the best products. And,、uh, But interestingly, and, right? the, the biggest winners are, people, are founders who are technical themselves.、Mm. And then they develop the business side of things. Mm. So,、uh, yeah, so, 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 so the, the idea, you know, I, I had the idea, I had、yeah. the fantasy as well, you know, oh, you'll be a combination of technical and, and, and business. But sometimes it's, the, 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 there is a difficulty. And then for. Difficulty. And how did you drive the tech then eventually? Oh, it was my co founder. So,、uh, my co founder, although she's not a computer、uh, scientist, she's an aeronautics engineer by training,、uh, but she took care of most of the. Technical aspects, and I think it was,、uh, it was education for me、mm. uh, over the past six and a half years of talking to engineers, uh, uh, trying to get engineers to empathize with non technical people.、Yeah. And I think vice versa as well, because、uh, in my days in NRF as well,、uh, speaking to other founders, a lot of founders really do not understand、uh, engineers' IT.、Mm. And they would just be, ah, just churn,、mm. ah, just deliver. It's, it's different ways, man. And, and engineers hate、yeah. it. Engineers hate it, hate, hate it because, but the truth of the matter is, the business people don't understand.、Mm, correct. And vice versa, I would say.、Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, so, so、uh, to, close that, to close that gap is,、uh, is, is, is very important.、Mm. And I think,、uh, you know, when we always look towards the valley, but the valley had 30 years、mm. of technical、uh, background、mm. from the early 70s. But in this part of the world, we don't have. So, when we say, oh, let's start the next Silicon Valley in this part of the world, I think, I think we're, we're somewhat daydreaming.、Mm. Yeah, because、uh, I think it, it takes a lot to form an ecosystem. Definitely. Yeah. And so, from solving your own personal problem or doing a lot of research into the wee hours of the night,、mm-hmm. uh, into solving the problems for your, your law firms and other lawyers out there, what are your current consumer dynamics?、Uh, currently, we serve、uh, boutique law firms. And we are actually moving into a regulatory search.、Mm. So, a retrieval and understanding of regulations. 
uh, and, and legislation. Mm. Yeah, and, and legislation as well. So that would be something that would be uh, more towards the the business owners, mm. meaning the, the the people in the specifically we want to start in the finance industry. Mm. Yeah, so uh, maybe uh, fintech startups, family offices, funds. So regulatory compliance requirements, mm. uh, you know, mandate that they need to go and check legislation and regulation. Mm. So there's something that we are we are moving towards as well. And would this be very accessible to people like myself who may not have much uh, like legal expertise and knowledge? Is it something I can access, like go into straight away and find out what are the red tips if I want to go into like say the fintech space? Uh, yes. So that's the that's the that's the intention. That's mm-hmm. the intention because people generally business people generally start with cannot cannot. Cannot, yeah. Cannot cannot cannot. I think that's the starting point. Uh, and we want to kickstart from that the retrieval of regulatory information from the cannot cannot. I see. Yeah. And I understand that Intellex is not just in Singapore, but you're in different countries as well. So what uh, do you have any uh, uh, expansion plans for yourself? Uh, with COVID, I think we are, we are significantly more uh, conservative here. But I think before COVID, we actually do, uh, we are quite active in the London ecosystem. Mm. Uh, that is the birthplace of the English common law. Mm. And most of the firms are, are there. Mm. Uh, so... So we we were active there, uh, speaking to the knowledge managers mm. uh, in London, and and after COVID, I think we are concentrating our forces mm. uh, to be in, to be back here in Singapore. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Now we are coming towards the end of this interview. We want to close with one fun question. Okay. So this is just a really abstract question. Would you rather have a pause button or a rewind button in your life? I want a rewind button. I want a rewind. Button. And what would you do with that? <laughs> uh, I would, I would actually have uh, spend more time with my sister. Mm. Yeah, uh, my sister passed away when uh, two years ago, so I would, I would, yeah. You give me a choice, I would choose a rewind button anytime. She was also part of the. She was actually the person who actually uh, introduced me and led me into the startup space. She was one of the earlier batches of the NOC program. Mm. So she went to Shanghai in, I can't remember, I think twenty oh nine or twenty oh eight. Then. So, and she actually decided not to, to do a startup uh, upon graduation when I was still in law practice. Mm. Yeah, then when I started starting up, then she joined a, joined a bank. Mm. So she always tell me, you know, we actually uh, switch roles, uh, taking risks uh, within a family. Mm. So if you give me a choice, uh, I'll rewind that as well. Awesome. Thank you yeah. for sharing. Where can people find out more about uh, you and Intellects or connect with you? Uh, I, I, I hope everybody can have a chance to give me some feedback on the podcast that I'm doing now. Yes, where can where can we find it? Yeah, so it's, it's on Spotify, it's on Anchor. So we look for O Chang, as in Chang, as in my surname. O L D C H A N G Chats. Yeah, O Chang Chats. Okay, so check out Tian's uh, own podcast. Uh, and what do you talk about in your podcast? So generally, I talk about uh, I will draw relevance between Chinese history and uh, lo- um, either local or China startups. Awesome. Can't wait to hear more about your podcast and tune in also. Thank you so much for spending time with us and sharing your insights on your founding story as well as the legal tech space and also your entrepreneurial dreams. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye. I'm Vanessa and thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by Quest Ventures, top venture capital fund in Asia, in collaboration with Pixel, the innovation hub of Infocom Media Development Authority. Follow us for more exciting episodes to come and stay in touch with us or find out more about Quest Ventures investment syndicates at questventures.com. Till next time.